traveling the world searching for equestrians of all breeds. The journey starts now on the International Equine Network. Ah, Friday afternoon, my friends, to all my thoroughbred, to all my standardbreds, to all my show horse people, to everybody in the horse business. Good Friday afternoon. Hope everybody's doing well, getting ready for all the different events that are coming up in the next week or two. Um, everything's getting exciting here at uh, Sunshine Meadows in Delray Beach, Florida. Um, all of our northern clients are coming back, our show horse people, our standard bred people, our trail riding people. Uh, they're all coming back. All the thoroughbreds will be uh, will be at full capacity with our thoroughbreds at Palm Beach Downs on December 5th. Uh, everybody will be back here and getting ready to uh, start the journey for uh, next year's uh, seasonal championships. It's kind of exciting, you know. You see all these young horses coming in, and and they don't know what it's all about, and they're learning and going to school, and and, and it's just really fantastic to see these horses. And this year, uh, we've taken some pictures of the young horses that are coming in, and uh, we're going to take a picture of them every month to see how they progress and what they're doing. And that, that's always exciting. Uh, to to be around, and then here at uh, Sunshine Meadows we have the Florida uh, the Standard Bread Owners and Breeders, the Florida Bread Associations uh, Championships for the last uh, three weeks, and we got uh, two more weeks to go, I believe it is. Every um, every Saturday afternoon at 11 a.m. the races start, uh, and they're on the goal to crown their Standard Bread Champions of Florida. Uh, by I think it's December 6th uh, that they'll be uh, doing that. It's every Saturday afternoon at 11 a.m. It's in um, uh, Sunshine Meadows Equestrian Village. We're right off of 441 and Atlantic Avenue in Delray Beach, and it's all free. Uh, just come on out and see the horses and see what all they have to offer, and, and it's exciting, you know, to see these horses run. Uh, you can walk up get get close to them. You can walk through the barns and see all the horses getting ready for the races and uh, visit with the uh, starter car driver. He'll tell you all about the starter car. I'll be out here to aggravate you. I'll be on the green Kubota. You can't miss me. I mean, green John Deere. Sorry about that, John Deere. But no, just come out and visit with us and see what it's like here. It's a good afternoon. Bring the whole family uh, and enjoy everything that we have out here. And maybe if you're lucky, if you're lucky and Denise is not too uh, too busy back there, which I don't think she will be, uh, we have Denise, Denise Molina. She has Golden Gate um, riding stables, and you can take trail rides with uh, Denise at uh, Golden Gate. It's a great, great uh, uh, ride through the uh, Florida woods and all the bushes and all the lakes and all the canals and all the gators and everything that we have out here to come and see. That's at Denise, Denise Molina's Golden Gate Riding Stables. Uh, if you want to call in today, our call-in number is 323-744-4831. Um, you can go to our website, which is www.ientv.org, or you can email me at ienequinetv at gmail. Speaking of the website, uh, we got some exciting things on there today. We have America's Day at the Races, which is live right now. Uh, we're broadcasting races from all over the country. Uh, just go in uh, into our website and take a uh, click on the America's Day at the Races, and you can watch live uh, uh, thoroughbred horse racing. And then uh, we come down to um, uh, a new a new ad- addition to what we have. It's called Quest for Equine Gold. It's, uh, well, it's at Wellington International. Uh, today, the live stream started at 11 a.m. We got the $39,000 uh, free jump CSI3 Grand Prix qualifier. And that's that's live also uh, that we have here. We've got a lot of our horses from uh, Sunshine Meadows will be up there today. Good, it's good competition to watch. And then um, if you go on down, we have another live competition. It's competition one. It's the FEI Driving World uh, from Stuttgart, Germany. Uh, it's it's unbelievable how they drive some of these uh, um, buggies that they drive. I mean, it's amazing. It's really nice to watch, and that, that that's live. Uh, 
uh, with us today. And then tonight, uh, we have, uh, the Raceway live stream, uh, be coming from the Raceway. Uh, that's at 5.50 p.m. tonight. Uh, just click on there and you can see live harness racing on fly, flying turns. Uh, it's really, really a good show to watch. It's exciting and it kind of breaks up the boredom of, of the evening. And you guys, if you want to get out of going shopping with the girls, just tell them, oh, honey, I'm got to see uh, the Raceway live racing tonight. It starts at 5.50. And then that way you can get be able to stay at home and, and avoid all that holiday shopping that starts tomorrow. And, uh, you know, it's going to be exciting, you know, week for us here uh, with all the Thanksgiving festivities. It'll be starting on Monday, uh, you know, and it's going to be great. And uh, we we do have a, a controversial piece uh, on our website, and I had a hard time deciding whether to to put this up or not. Um, in the horse industry, we've had a lot of situations over the years uh, that were not not talked about very much. Uh, and it's always anytime you have gambling, you always have a situation about uh, cheating or you know, people doing things, uh, you know, not, that's not conducive to making our sport good. And unfortunately here in the last year or two, we've had, uh, uh some situations about, um, doping of horses and horses dying on the racetrack. And, uh, it, it was, it was really a situation that, um, nobody talked about and, and you know, we just kind of avoided it. And so finally, uh, 60 minutes. Uh, they did a, a little 19-minute segment on uh, uh, the, their program the other day. Uh, it's called Horse Racing Watchdogs Work. And it's about how that we have HISA and rules and regulation committees have come in, and they're starting to – the rules have always been there. You know, that, that's the whole problem that we've had. The rules have always been there, but there was a lack of enforcement. It was something that everybody knew about, everybody could see at one time or another, but nothing was done about it. Now, to clean up the sport, uh, HISA has come in and they've decided to implement the rules and carry out the rules. And a lot of people went to jail uh, over the, the infractions of the rules and regulations over the last couple of years. And it was something that needed to be done because it's a safety issue for the horses. It's a safety issue for the jockeys and the riders and the people that work with the horses. And so that they uh, did a run. I, I'm not going to say it was a nice piece, but it was a piece that needed to be put out there. And they got a lot of kickback from it from horse people, you know, and, and all like that. But, see, those are the ones that, that got caught. Those are the ones, the ones that are complaining are the ones that don't adhere to the rules. Now, I've been very fortunate to be involved with uh, some of the top um, operations uh, in the thoroughbred industry worldwide. I've been uh, involved with people that were at the bottom uh, of the list uh, of, of horse, the horse industry, and show horses, race horses, that type of thing. And, you know, I found out one thing that there's a lot of people that have standards, that, that uh, they have uh, rules and regulations that they abide by. They might be uh, a two- or three-horse stable, but they abide by the regulations. And then I've been in stables that had in excess of 100 horses, but they abided by the rules and regulations. But every every business, every situation, especially when it comes to gambling money and, and high-end dollars, there's people that always cut the corners. They're always trying to get ahead, you know, trying to get that uh, brass ring, you know, and, and going outside outside the uh, rules and regulations. And they got caught. And when they got caught, it was horrific. There were so many well-known trainers that that they, uh, you know, that got caught, and 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 all all areas. Uh, Show horses, standard breads, thoroughbreds, uh, quarter horses, you know, they all got caught, even the sales. Uh, even the sales, they were, uh, you know, uh, doing a lot of uh, uh, medications to get these horses built up to look better, look stronger, you know, at, at a young age. 
And so that led the highest of people into, in our government, into uh, finding out why these horses are breaking down. And a lot, a lot has to do with stressing uh, the horses. Uh, they're pushing them at a young age uh, too quick. They're bringing them along, schooling them, uh, you know, trying to get them uh, to, to look good. Um, and, and there's a lot of things they do, you know, and, and we found out that a lot of that stress that's put on horses at a young age in riders, in trainers, in grooms, they just can't deal with it very well. And, and as far as the, uh, you know, the people person, as we call them, uh, working with it, a lot of them turn to drugs and alcohol because it's a seven day a week job, sometimes 24 hours a day. And they have to find a way to release that pressure and, and you know, get out, get out of that situation. And so some of the owners have done that with the horses, not, not a lot of owners, but just some that have done that. And it's proven down the road that it's bad for the horses. They break down, uh, you know, they, they, they're not healthy. Uh, just a lot of things, you know, that are involved in it. Anytime you start using drugs on these horses, you know, it makes it tough. So now Heisen and, and, uh, and our government has got into a situation where all the rules and regulations are being implemented and they are being um, being charged, criminally charged with what happened. And a lot of them went to jail. A lot of them went to jail. A lot of them lost their license. A lot. Of, there's one guy that was so bad in the business, and, and I'm joking now, but he, he was so bad that they, he, they weren't even going to let him watch uh, horse racing on TV. That's how, I mean, and that's to exaggerate the point, you know, but that's, that's, that means that they came down on them and everything. And, and so it was good to see, you know, that, that they've done that. And there's a lot of people screaming and hollering, but if you take into consideration the ones that are screaming and hollering, they're the ones that are borderline almost getting caught, you know, so that's what, what they're doing there. But, uh, you know, so that, that's a good little thing there. We, and then, uh, to jump to something that's a little nicer, uh, we had the Keeneland November breeding stock sale, which was excellent. A lot of good horses went through the sale. It was uh, November 8th through the 16th, and I mean, it, it was good. Everybody came walking away happy. Uh, you could see that dream in their, and gleam in their eye, you know, with the stock that they bought, you know, that the winter circle's not too far from them, you know, after they get their purchases completed. So, um, you know, that was exciting. Um, you know, so, uh, that's kind of, you know, the things that we do here at IEN. Um, then we got the triple crown, uh, triple crown tradition. Uh, we're getting that ramped up, getting ready to get it going here on December 1st with daily, uh, recipes that are being brought in. Um, what the triple crown tradition is, is about the triple crown. And everybody has their, uh, their own traditions. And like, say, for example, uh, uh, the Kentucky Derby is traditionally on the first Saturday of every May, and it ha always has been. And what when that's a tradition. And then off of that tradition, there's the individuals, the owners, the trainers, the grooms, the hot walkers, uh, the jockeys, uh, uh, just the people in general, they have their own Kentucky Derby, you know, traditions. And they might have a party, a big barbecue at their house or their farm, invite all their friends and family over. Um, you know, that's a tradition they have uh, that they do. Uh, you know, they, it, it's all kinds of things that you can create into a, a tradition. And what I like about the, the Triple Crown tradition is, is it's about cooking. It's about, they've got all these cooking shows on TV and, and everything, but there was really never anything about, uh, you know, the horse business and cooking. And so what we've done here is I have Churchill Downs for the Derby, Pimlico for the Preakness, and Belmont for the Belmont Stakes and the Breeders' Cup. So what I'm going to do is we're going to have three people, uh, the Derby Week of 2024, we're going to invite a trainer, we're going to invite a jockey, and uh, we're going to invite an owner and to tell us about their Churchill Downs Kentucky Derby tradition. And we're going to focus on food. Uh, you know, what do they have? What do they make? You know, what's everybody like? One of the things that they're going to be talking about 
is a Kentucky tradition called Kentucky Burgoo. And we're going to have a couple of recipes on there that, um, uh, you know, that you might like. In fact, there's four of them on there now, four recipes of the Kentucky Derby. If you go to that and click on it, uh, it's really, really a good, good thing. It gives you some ideas. You know, not everybody's going to have the same, um, Kentucky Burgoo recipe. It's all going to be different. Uh, you might have a different pork chop uh, recipe or, you know, different, uh, dessert, uh, recipe. That's what we're, you know, looking for in that it's going to be an owner, trainer, you know, and a jockey. And then we're going to do the same thing at Pimlico. Uh, for the, for the Preakness. It's going to be, uh, about, uh, Preakness food and the, the Maryland traditions. And, and, you know, you're going to see a lot of seafood there. Uh, you're going to see a lot of good things that, uh, that they do for the traditional, uh, Preakness, um, uh, program that they have. And it's really nice, you know, because it's different, you know, uh, it's different than Kentucky and it's different than Belmont. And then, uh, you know, we're going to have all kinds of uh, recipes, uh, desserts, uh, you name it, it's going to be there. And that's the Preakness food, the Maryland Preakness uh, party. And then we're going to Belmont, and we got two guys on there that are really good. It's called How to Make a Belmont Jewel. And that's uh, rivals to the, uh, uh, the Pimlico's uh, famous drink and to the uh, Kentucky bourbon or the mint julep at Churchill. And that's the Belmont Jewel. And they tell you how to go through it and how to make it and give you different recipes, you know, for it that they have, which is really, really kind of good. And then the one section that I really do like here, um, and we have uh, the Kentucky Burgoo. It's uh, out of the city of Louisville, and it's their rendition of Kentucky Burgoo, and it's really nice uh, to see. Then we also have on our recipe uh, list there, uh, it's really famous and everybody usually has when they go to Kentucky. It's called the Kentucky Hot Brown. And, um, you can go on and click on that and see just what it is. I don't want to try to explain it to you because everybody's hot brown is different, you know, than, than everybody else, uh, you know, how they do it and all. But, but it's all about tradition, you know, and, and whether it's, uh, show horses or, or standard breads or thoroughbreds or quarter horses, it's about tradition. You know, you set aside some time for that day of, of, um, your event and you have traditions. You do the same thing, you know, you do everything. Um, you know, and it's really exciting because, um, you know, people have different versions. Uh, they have different traditions. Uh, some people, you know, like for the Derby, for example, uh, and the Kentucky Oaks, you have the women, they dress up, they get all the fancy hats. And all the fancy dresses and the guys get their, you know, their hats and their uh, fancy suits and, you know, their get up that they wear for the derby. And one of the traditions I like is like Pimlico and Belmont, they, they all have hat, hat days too for, for the ladies, we'll say. And what I like about it, and my sister is one that, that is like this and my nieces are like this. Um, they never wear the same derby hat twice. They believe it's bad luck. And, you know, whether it's bad luck or not, we know where that tradition started from. That started from the hat makers. Um, it's bad luck to wear, you know, the same hat twice. And they design their own hats. And, and I mean, it really comes out really good. You know, it really is. Uh, you know, I like to see that, uh, that they have, uh, you know, with the tradition. So that's all part of, you know, the horse business, uh, that, that we do. And it's something the whole family can do. You don't have to go to the track. You don't have to go to showgrounds. You don't have to go to the polo fields. You know, it's just something that you can do at your house on that day. It's a designated day, uh, you know, just, uh, relaxing and having a good time. And what I like about it, it's not like a birthday or Christmas or, you know, any of these special days where you have to take presents or anything like that. All you got to do is show up with your recipe, you know, and make enough for everybody. And that's the only thing I can tell you about it, about the traditions, uh, especially on the uh, Triple Crown traditions. You got to think it out and make sure you make enough for everybody. That's, that's the main goal and everything. So that, that's good. But, um, uh, one of the things that, um, that I keep, uh, I just, I don't know a lot about it, 
uh, other than what I know from the people here at Sunshine Meadows and Delray Equestrian, is I don't know a lot about the show horse business. Um, I'm around it, and I know I know who the the riders and trainers are, and I know the locations, and you know I know the events that are going on. But um, it, on our website, if you go to fe uh, to fei.org and, and usef.org, that tells you all about the the show horse industry, where the shows are at. Uh, you know, it gives you the whole nine yards, and and so I, I go to it quite often and like to see, you know, what's going on uh, all around the world. And, you know, the uh, uh, the one thing that gets me, I don't see how these young girls get out there so little and tiny, get out there and jump like they do. Oh, my goodness. You know, it, I just don't see how they do it. Little video, 90-pound, 120-pound, you know, riders, on these big 1,100, 1,200-pound horses jumping six feet in the air on these horses. It just blows my mind, you know, to see that. So that's what I always like about the show horse industry, you know, to see what they have, you know, there. Um, it's pretty good and everything. So uh, now the other thing that, you know, we'll talk about just real quick here, um, if you go to how they get there, it's the 2024 Kentucky Derby. Uh, the journey starts here with the owners. Uh, you're going to meet the trainers. You're going to meet the jockeys. Uh, you're going to see how horses are transported, um, you know, around from track to track and how they, you know, ride to the derby if they fly or drive. You're going to see about the blacksmith, uh, how, what he does. Uh, it, it's going to be, um, interesting to see how they put the shoes on them. Then we talk about the feed. Uh, we talk about the equine sales. Uh, we got the, um, we got the Jockey Club Stakes coming up at Churchill Downs on the 25th. That's part of the uh, uh, points program to get into the Kentucky Derby, and so we have we have those there. Uh, that's going to be interesting. That's on the 25th coming up. Um, see what else do we have here? We got we figure, you got to figure out how you, what makes you decide to run in the Kentucky Derby. Uh, that that's a good little segment there, and then we have um, uh, prep. Uh, Preparing for race day is probably uh, a good one that I like. Uh, you know, it just shows you how how real it gets. You know, uh, who all's involved and what's involved in it. So that that's good and everything. So that's that's on our website. You know, we got a lot of things there. You know, you can always contact us at ien equine tv uh, at gmail dot com. That's always good. Or you can always call us at three two three. Seven four 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 eight three one on Fridays at one o'clock. Uh, you know you can do that. Our website is ientv.org, and uh, we got everything on there, and we'll answer all your equine equestrian um, uh, things there. Um, getting into the, getting into the show horse business and into the uh, racehorse business is quite interesting. Uh, there's a lot of things that are out there to help someone getting into the business. And uh, one of the things that um, that is very important is to find a guideline so that you can get a system of, you know, what you want to do and how you want to do it. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there that, that think they know, you know, what's going on. Um, you know, and, and I tell you, I, 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 I got caught up in that myself. Very much so. I got caught up in it. A little bit of knowledge. A little bit of knowledge is the most dangerous thing in the world, no matter what you're doing, where you're going, and how you're doing it. Because once you get that little bit of knowledge and you start getting confidence, you're invincible. You just keep on going. You know, and you may be doing it all wrong, but, you know, you soon you learn. Because your mistakes end up into, you know, small fails, failures that lead to big failures. And you got to learn to put your finger on that and you got to educate yourself. Just like anything else, you know, you got to educate yourself, especially in the horse business. And the jockey club, which is um, what the thoroughbreds set their guidelines by, it's like a rules and regulations committee. They have developed uh, the thoroughbred owner view. The Jockey Club and TOBA um, uh, is encouraging uh, 
you to take a look at the business from an owner standpoint or from a groom standpoint, trainer standpoint, what have you. And what I like about it is they have, over the course of the year, they have different topics that they come in. And it's usually uh, like a YouTube or a seminar uh, that they that they put out. And they talk to different owners, trainers, all the people that are involved with whatever section that we're talking about. And, for example, in 2023, so far, uh, they've had a lot of very good seminars and, and videos that, that have come out uh, that, that, that really help you get through through your business. And the first thing that they did is they talked about accounting and tax considerations for owners. And they have a link there, and you click on that link, and it takes you right into their uh, to their podcast or to their um, uh, you know to their links to you know what you need to know about accounting and tax considerations. And that's very important because the financial base of your operation of any business actually. But um, for like such as the horse business, that's very crucial because uh, a lot of times you don't have in the horse business uh, a steady flow of income. Um, usually, uh, like say for a trainer, uh, you know he's got owners that he can bill for a certain portion of their of, of the horse's training. But um, a lot of money, uh, people depend on purse money. You know, and, and uh, racing. Um, so, and that makes it tough, you know, to to handle, because you could get a hundred thousand one day, you know, that you got to divide up, which it's all gone, you know, or you could get nothing. And you got to remember, if there's ten races a day at the racetrack, there's only ten winners, and and the, and the trainers and the owners have to look at it. You know, that that's where my that's where my earnings are coming from. You know, and, and if you win the race, you know, you get you get the lion's share of the money. But if you run third, fourth, fifth, or, you know, even last, you get very little, you know, very little. You might not have enough money left at the end of the day to get a gallon of milk on the way home. But accounting and tax considerations are very important for the owners. And then um, the second thing that uh, you take a look at is... Uh, handicapping for owners. It, it tells you uh, about handicapping in, in the industry as a whole, you know, what you need to do. Uh, it's a very good segment uh, that they have, and, and it kind of brings you down to earth, you know, when, when you start looking at, you know, uh, handicapping, because handicapping is another way of evaluating the horse. You know, you can come in and say, oh, well, this horse is worth $100,000, you know, and then, um, uh, you know, you find out that he's not, you know, you got to find out where he goes. And in fact, I just experienced, uh, uh, some things that I had in a partnership. Um, we had a horse that was purchased through our, and we got a lot of big partners, big money. Certainly wasn't me that put it over the top to, you know, to buy the horse, but the horse, uh, was bought for $450,000, a beautifully bred horse had all the trimmings and had all the, uh, you know, signs to go ahead because he could be a big horse sometime. In fact, last year, this time, we were on the Derby Trail with him. And, you know, he, he was doing good when, when it's his first time out. You know, we're kind of excited, you know, going week to week on that journey to the Derby, how they get there. And so, you know, we're all excited. And then um, he, he gets a couple of wins, and then he runs third or fourth you know, a couple of times, and then he just, you know, he just didn't want to run anymore. And we don't know why, you know, what happened to him. Was it physical? Was it mental? You know, what was it? So um, anyhow, we're looking at a $450,000 horse. Uh, we put him in a claiming race at Aqueduct for $25,000. He runs fourth like he did. He ran like he always did. The same pattern, always did. He runs fourth, and he gets claimed for $25,000. So that shows you how fast the bottom can drop out on you. You know, and we did everything properly, everything the way it should be, um, you know. But that's just that was just the horse, you know. We, we don't know why he he did what he did, but, you know, that was just it. So that, that's something that, you know, you got to look at. 
uh, you know, when, when you're getting into the business or, or even if you're still in the business, you got to, you know, watch that handicap on, on everything that you do, evaluate everything. And then the, the third segment in last year was really good. It's called developing a business plan. And let me tell you, when you get into the horse business, you got to develop a business plan like there is no tomorrow. You can't just have one business plan. You got to have three different business plans. When you go and you get your horse and you know, especially for the thoroughbreds, uh, you know, you're going, your goal is the Kentucky Derby. And once you buy that horse and you get it out and start training, there's 30,000 other two-year-olds out there that are training, you know, for the Derby. And I'm not kidding you, 30,000, 30,000 foals a year, you know. And so you get on that trail and you got to have a business plan. You got to know where you're going. You got to know who your trainer is. You got to know your jockey. You got to know your grooms, your hot walkers. Uh, you got to know the tracks. You got to have that uh, business connection with the tracks. Uh, you got to know how to transport the horse to, you know, to and from the races, from the farm to the races. Uh, you got all these things. You got feed to think about. You got the blacksmith to think about. You got the veterinarian to think about. Uh, you know, you, you got so many things that you got to have a business plan for. You just can't, uh, just go, you know, uh, day by day, you know, it's got to be down and you got to make your accomplishments, uh, f- fulfill them every day. It's what you got to do with them. And let me tell you, that might be the hardest part of, you know, training uh, a thoroughbred or a show horse or even a standard bred. That might be the hardest thing because once you get focused and on that goal, you know, and you, you get on how you're getting them there, things happen. Like we did with, uh, with, this, with our colt. Things happen. You don't know why it's not running. You, you just don't know. You know, and all of a sudden that derby dream is shot, shot down. Or when in that allowance race that's coming up next week is shot down. You know, uh, whatever, wherever you're at, and not saying it all has to be the derby. You know, but you have goals for each one of your horses that, you know, we're going to try to do better and better and better. Um, you know, and sometimes, you know, when that, when you get shot down on that, you know, you got to have a contingency plan and that's what you got to do with them. And, and a lot of people don't understand, you know, what the business plan is for the thoroughbred. Um, there's so many things in there and, you know, let's say, for example, you got a, a well-bred horse and you're on the road to the Kentucky Derby, you're winning races, you know, and you're getting excited. But sometimes given time and point in that situation of getting to the Derby and trying to win enough races to get in the Derby, sometime and point, you have to take a little 30-minute timeout and say, okay, what if? What if he's on the road to the Derby and he keeps going and going and going and he runs in the Derby? Now, this is, you know, early in the horse's career. You're thinking, what if? Well, you know, you look at his bloodline, uh, see how he's doing. Uh, you take all that into consideration, and you take the races that he's winning, and then you start talking to an old, to a, a farm to where if he wins the derby, if he does good, has a great career, you want to t- turn him out to stud. What farm do you want to go to? And that's what's happened this last year with all these Derby horses and Breeders' Cup horses. A lot of them were kind of lightly raced. And I'm telling you, they were knocking on the door to a lot of farms, you know, to see, uh, you know, what they might have. And you got to know your farms. You got to know who's breeding for speed, who's breeding for distance, who's breeding for, you know, uh, the Triple Crown, who's breeding for the Breeders' Cup. Um, There's so many things that you have to try to figure out. And I mean, that's tough. And that's all part of the business plan. You know, that's all really part of the, the whole shooting match. Then, once you start getting all that in your mind, you realize that, hey, wait a minute. You know, this, this is turned in a 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week job. You know, and but you got to implement that into, you know, your breeding plan. 
So that, that's very important. And then one of the things that, uh, now this goes back to Derby traditions and the, the Triple Crown traditions and everything. And you have to think about this as you go down the road because you've got a lot of, you've got a lot of things, you know, involved, big stake races and everything. And you've got to start thinking about what can we do to prepare for the race day? What can we do to prepare for the race day? Well, there's a lot of things you got to do. Got to get your horse ready. Got to have your stable ready. Got to have your grooms. You got to have your jockeys ready. You got to have all the information uh, about the race that you're going into, who's in it and who's not. And then, you know, hopefully you can win the race or run good, and then you plan your next race after that. So you're always planning for race day. And then one of the unfortunate drawbacks to the, the business, the horse business, is everybody likes to be uh, what I call a hitchhiker. Uh, you know, like when you're running out across the grass and you get these little uh, uh, little sticker things on you, and they call them hitchhikers. And you get a lot of people that do that. The closer you get to, to winning these big races, and, and you get a lot of people that want to, you know, come ride along, and then when the horse gets taken out of competition or it's not going to run, you know, in the Derby or any of the big races, they leave you real quick. And also, that's all part of the race day. You don't want to be, you know, mean or nasty to anybody. Um, you know, you want to uh, make sure that you recognize them, uh, make sure that you, um, you know, uh, treat them, you know, with respect and treat them nice, you know, but just, you know, that you really don't have to focus on them. You know, you want to keep them out of situations like that because who knows? They could win the lottery, you know, they could sell their company and become a big time horse owner. You know, so you want to, you want to think about that on race day. Um, sounds kind of, sounds kind of bad, but you know, you got to think of who you surround yourself by, uh, you know, when you're out in a situation like this. Um, I never disrespect anybody. I don't turn my back on them. I just don't associate with them if there's a situation that they get me into and, and, uh, you know, I can't come, you know, to an agreement with, with them. But race day is really a big thing because you can promote your business. And that's what the horse business is, is you got to promote it. And, you know, you might want to make sure that you, uh, invite certain people to the Florida Derby or to the, uh, Santa Anita Derby or to the Breeders' Cup or whatever. You want to make sure that you maintain that, uh, sign of, um, camaraderie that you're getting along with them. And you got to be nice to them, you know. That's, I mean, you got to be nice to people, anyhow. But, but you got to think about that. Put that into your race preparation, because that's very important, you know, to do that. Uh, it might be, you know, you might have some friends that uh, that you've been friends with for a long time. They don't particularly like going to the races or, you know, being there. But uh, at least you can do is on big stakes race day, buy twenty or thirty programs and give them to your friends you know, with your horse in it. Invite them out to the track, invite them out to the farm. Uh, you know, that's all part of race day, uh, you know, that, that you have to do. And it's tough. It's tough to do. Cause you got to think, did I think of everybody? Did I give Bill enough tickets? Did I do this? You know, and then it becomes, you know, your problem again. So, but you put that in the business plan. It's what you do there. Um, then, you know, you got to get with your jockey got to get a, a plan with your jockey uh you know you evaluate the race that's coming up um you know whether it's a derby or any race you kind of evaluate what you know what that plan is and you know you discuss it with the jockey and the trainer and you know you, you come to you know a conclusion that yeah we have a shot at winning this race and then the, the main thing that an owner has to do on race day and when you walk into that paddock, you shake hands with the uh, the uh, uh, trainer. You shake hands with the uh, jockey. Um, you know, you, you sit there and you look at them. And the main thing is, is that the most important thing is that you know you, you maintain a positive attitude. But when you talk to the jockey, you tell them, "Here are the keys. It's up to you." You know. I've never been a jockey to race ride, never. 
and never ever will be. But I'm a big guy. And you got to think about, you know, uh, what that jockey's got to go through. So I, I found out, and I've been in some of the biggest circles, you know, on Derby Day. Uh, I've been in uh, both domestic and international. And the best thing that a trainer and an owner can do is walk up to that jockey and say, here are the keys. It's up to you now. We've done everything we could to get this horse ready for this race. That's what you got to do. You know, it's in the jockey's hands. You know, and that's that's what you do. Don't tell him. I've never ridden a, you know, a thoroughbred. So I'm not going to tell him, you know, what to do or how to do it. I'm not going to tell him what I'd like to see. You know, but I'm not going to tell him how to do it because, I said, I've never race ridden. And 90% of these guys out here never have either. You know, and then uh, you, you kind of go from there. And then all all on your business plan, all of this has got to go in your business plan. It's going to be a thick book. And there, then you, you go through and they've got a little seminar on buying at public auctions. Uh, you, they tell you what they're looking for. Uh, you know, it's a good explanation of how to buy a horse. And after, let me tell you, after you see these videos, I'm telling you, my friend, you can go out and you can go in and pick out a winner for sure. That's for sure. Uh, because uh, the owner's view uh, is something that uh, this industry has needed for a long time. Uh, that's that's for sure. Then they, then they talk about claiming races, um, how to claim, claim a horse, uh, you know, what you need to do. And, for example, uh, I was telling you about the, the horse that we had claimed off of us here last week. Um, it was kind of interesting. Uh, a lot of talk on the backside. Well, what's wrong with him? Is it a lung problem? Is it a throat problem? Um, it, it, there's eight or nine different scenarios that people were trying to figure out what the horse's problem was. And so we've had the horse looked at and vetted and, you know, had a, all kinds of opinions. And it just never, you know, we just never could break him out of that, you know, getting third or fourth, you know, and just stopping, as they say. So there were seven people that got in line to claim this horse. And so it's going to be interesting now to see, after they get the horse out of our stable, to see what they do with it. And then naturally, when he runs again, I'm going to be there for sure and make sure I see this horse running. And then it's going to be, how do we get out the information? How did they know? know? What did they know? And did they correct the problem or get him in a different spot to run? So that's going to be interesting to see, you know, there, uh, you know, when they claim the horse. And then probably the most important thing that we have to do uh, in our business is take care of the horse. The horse, the trainer, the jockey, the grooms, the hot walkers, the farm people, the family. So you got to take take care of. And you know, I was so excited when I started getting old enough to start getting in on the conversations of some of these things, and hearing the trainers and owners and everybody talk, you know, about what they got to do. Uh, so it's um, it's kind of interesting, you know, but it's ultimately the owner's decision to do all the things that needed to be done. Uh, you got to get that list out. You got to make your list, business plan, follow it to the team. You know, and don't ever second guess yourself. You know, you, you don't say, boy, I wish I'd have done this or I wish I'd have done that. You know, make sure that when you make that decision, just leave it go. You know, if he wins, he wins. If he doesn't, he doesn't. And that you have done everything, you know, possibly to get this horse to the winter circle. So I, I kind of like, uh, I kind of like seeing that, uh, you know, come out at the end of the day. And, then, and I, I've got so many important things that, that I'm always, uh, you know, oh, this is important. That's, and that's important. You know, and this is what we need to get a lot of the owners need to get to. And this is so funny. And this comes from the owner's view, from the Thoroughbred Jockey Club. Racing terms. We got a couple sheets here that, that it goes through. And uh, it tells you, and, and I mean, it's a good read. 
uh, you can go to their website and you can uh, get it. And it's called industry terminology, about five or six pages long. And so, uh, you know, you start saying, oh, you know, what, what is this? When, when you're talking about age of, of a horse, for example, all thoroughbreds are deemed a year old, older on January 1st. They could be born on December 25th, full on December 25th. Six days later, they are a yearling. And we know that that's not true because, you know, they're not, they're not. But, you know, but all thoroughbreds are deemed a year older on January 1st of every year. So that, that makes it kind of nice, you know. Uh, you can't say, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, a year and a half old, you know, you're, you're a yearling or you're a two year old or three year old. And that's what I like, I like about, you know, this product that we have here to, to look at. Uh, for example, the backside is called the stable area, is the stable area. Um, the, the, the back stretch, it's the straightaway, uh, part of the track on the far side between the, between, uh, the turns. And it means you're going on the backside from the front side of the backside. So, you know, we've got a lot of things in here that, uh, I think is really interesting read for people. Um, for example, uh, they have, uh, a bow. It's when a horse suddenly veers from, uh, a straight course off to one side or the other. Uh, you know, uh, that's what uh, the industry, he says, the whole the horse bolted from me. And that's what's nice. And I tell you what, uh, if you were to call in or to email me, I'll send you a copy of this. Uh, it's provided uh, out by the Thoroughbred uh, Owner View, it's called. It's from the Jockey Club and the TOBA, and it is, uh, it's really a good good read. Uh, and here you can have some trivia questions, you know, with the family. You know, who knows more, most about the horse? Uh, for example, like the, like a dead heat. It's two or more horses uh, that uh, arriving at simultaneously at the finish line. You know, it's a photo finish, and they can't tell who's different. Um, I got so much in here. The farrier is is the blacksmith. The fast track is um, a track that's uh, dry and even. Uh, there's just so many things that you go through here that uh, you know. I have to check myself sometimes on some of these things. Um, you know, like a juvenile is a two-year-old. And no matter what time in, uh, day or night he was born, he's a juvenile. Um, you know, when he gets into his two-year-old year. But, uh, you know, for example, saddle cloth. It's a, a cloth that goes underneath the saddle, uh, denoting the position and position number of the horse wearing it. So in other words, it's the cloth they put on there. It says number one, number two, number three, you know, whatever his number is. Uh, that, that's good. Uh, the spit box is a generic uh, term for the test board. Uh, so that's, that's what they, they do when you go to the uh, spit box. So like I said, uh, there's so many things on here and that we'll go over every now and then. In fact, uh, I think what I'm going to do is I'll start a contest and I'll start doing uh, some questions on there and ask them, uh, you know, what they think. And, and if they do, I'll send them uh, uh, a Kentucky Derby, uh, you know, glass. Uh, for example, uh, the next week, this is what we're going to do. What's a cribber? What is a cribber? C-R, it's C-R-I-B-B-E-R, uh, a cribber. Or a one sucker is, is uh, a lot of people call it. But if you call in next week with, uh, tell me what a cribber is, uh, then I'll send you a, a Kentucky Derby class. But there's, I bet there's 200 things on here. There's 200 things that'll be here on, on here. So that's going to be interesting to, to see there. Have you tuned in? But again, like I said, this is all on, on, all online. It's uh, called the owner's view. I'll have the link up today on it. Uh, it's called the uh, Thoroughbred Owner View, the Jockey Club and TOBA, um, and it's an encouraging thoroughbred ownership. 
but it's good for anybody in, in the, in the horse industry. And each one of these industries usually have, uh, you know, a thing like this on their websites, uh, you know, that they have. So, uh, you know, we, we like to look at that and, uh, encourage you to go to it. It's fun when, when you got a dull day and you got nothing to do, you know, that's interesting read, you know, for you there. And then, um, kind of along, uh, to go along the lines of, uh, the, uh, owner view, uh, from the jockey club, um, the show horse people, um, it's called Nuts Level, uh, Horse Business Presents, um, Level Up Live, the World Equestrian Center in, in Ocala on the 12th and 13th of February. Uh, it's really, it's really good. And this is what I like about the people at the World Equestrian Center. Man, they are covering it all. They've got everything up there from churches to grocery stores at the World Equestrian Center, the candy shops, five-star restaurants, hotels, camping, you name it, they have it up there. Uh, they got blacksmiths, trailer repairs. Uh, they got a very good vet clinic. Uh, they've got everything that you could possibly think of up there. And so they're putting on a series on February uh, 12th through the 13th. And just to give you an idea of what they're going to have, um, how to build a seven-figure riding school while still taking a vacation. Maggie Clancy's Stride Riding Academy. Um, then they have um, Heat from Your Past uh, uh, to be your best version today. Uh, it's got Jazz Navaprink Equestrian Mindset Mindset Coach. Uh, I'm thinking about mid-stretch and the finish line. I'm going to show you I'm a third-grade guy. Uh, the Creed and Horse Syndicates, uh, Yvonne uh, Orchant, uh, equestrian attorney. Uh, they got success in equine media. Uh, Dr. Piper uh, Clem, the plaid horse. And the plaid horse is really good. It's re really a good media. It not only tells you what's going on, it tells you on how to fix your problems. They're, they're really good. Um, how to develop a, um, a long term equine employees uh, with the Crux Chandler and Leah Equist, uh, Lee Equistaff. Um, getting all, getting all tired out here. But no, that, that's really important. Uh, a lot of people don't think about it in business, uh, especially in the horse business. You want to think long term. Uh, you want to do things that uh, help your employees stay long term with you. Uh, you know, make sure that, uh, their work conditions are good. Make sure they're getting paid good. Uh, make sure they have adequate housing. Uh, make sure that they have transportation, you know, to and from, you know, uh, the farm. Uh, make sure you always uh, uh, giving them a little shout out, you know, saying, hey, you know, uh, Scott, you did a good job there. Really appreciate it. You know, and always make sure that you're doing something to keep them there. And what I always uh, was trying to do is you want to create a job that when they take it, that they've got something to lose. That may, meaning that if they're there, they're not going to walk off and go to another barn. They're not going to go to another job, you know, because they're not going to be able to get the, the good conditions, the money, and the situation that they're in anywhere else. And when they decide to leave, you know, I, I've worked with a lot of people at uh, some and some big farms and I and I was one of them myself at one time that you know you say oh geez why did I leave this job you know I should have never done that it, it was a good thing and learn to work out your differences with your employees your staff uh, you know your veterinarians all your business people you know and never get it into a situation where you just want to walk off and leave and then um, the, the, the last one here that they have this is February 12th 13th up at the World Equestrian Center in Ocala, conditioning your riders for faster results. Dr. Robert, uh, Dr. Russell Robinson, PhD in ex exercise science. And that's very important for your, for not only for, you know, your horses need to be fit and ready to go, but your employees need to be fit and ready to go. You know, sure, you might not be a rider, but you're a groom or a hot walker or, you know, or an office personnel, and you want to make sure that, uh, you know, that they're fit, that helps relieve uh, tension and stress. 
you know, and does a lot of things there, you know, for that. Uh, and, and, you know, like I said, I've just been rambling all over today, but you're kind of getting the gist of what we're doing here. And the only way we can make the program better is to have people call in and have people, you know, email us and, and see what we got. You know, I don't know any place in the world in the horse business where you can go and if you're, you're a horse person out there and you've got a, you've got a riding stable, you got a racing stable, you got a sales company, um, you know, whatever you're doing in the business to, to make a living with, what you got to do is call me. 561-466-1272, I-E-N, uh, equine TV at gmail.com and talk to me. It's free to get on my website. You see, you go to my website and you see, uh, the Wellington, uh, live Wellington shows up there. That's all free for them. We're trying to help distribute, do distribution of equine information. You can't get any better than that. You're getting, you know, you're getting your product out there. We're finding out who you are, where you are, what you're, where you're going and what you're doing. Call in every week and give us an update. You know, you could be selling tag. You can be selling, uh, feed. Uh, you can be selling, uh, horse trailers. Uh, you can be selling whatever you're selling. Call me. Talk to me about it. Let me know what you're doing and I'll put you up on the website for free. You know, I, I just, I just, you know, I don't understand why, why we're here to help you, you know, and we're not here to change you. We're here to help you. You know, we're here to get information out about your products and what you do and who you are, you know, and also takes as a, as a phone call, but heck, who knows? You might be so successful. You don't need that, you know, and if you are, God bless you, you know, but this is for anybody, whether you're successful or not, let me know on here um uh, and staying along lines of the world up in ocala at the world equestrian center they got a lot of good things coming up here uh they got the grand prix dining experience um they got the thanksgiving to go that's really a nice deal especially being on the on the road you know possibly with your horses uh they got all the traditional uh fixings you know for for thanksgiving there um they got the black friday sip and shop where you can go out and have you a drink or two and, um, you can go to the winery and you can, there's a lot you can do there. They got the one on Wonderland. It's, uh, November 24th, uh, through December 23rd. It's all about Santa Claus. See how he takes care of his reindeer and he, and takes care of his business. Then the one that everybody likes is, uh, is the ugly sweater contest, uh, that they have there at the World Equestrian Center. Everybody knows got an ugly sweater. Um, then you mark your calendar up for Tinsel Trot 5K uh, uh, run uh, for all you runners out there. Um, experience the, the the wonder of holiday sweets. There, pony up, stay in, stay under the lights, uh, and see all the Christmas lights that they have up there. Uh, you know, it's just amazing things that uh, that you can do up there and. And go and see, and uh, you know, it's all about the horse business. It's all about tra- holiday traditions, like horse traditions and everything. And so now, I finally, got you guys all messed up. You don't know where I'm coming from, what I'm doing. You're thinking, like, man, that guy's nuts. What the heck's he doing? Well, I tell you what I'm doing. I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm giving horsemen a chance and an opportunity for free to get on a website and have their product promoted for free. All you got to do is call. So we'll see how many people call, how many people contact us this week. I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving. I hope all the horses are safe. I hope the family's safe. But just remember, make memories. You got to make memories. Because memories, they can never take away from you. Memories make life worthwhile okay folks all the horsemen like i said have a great thanksgiving see you next friday at two o'clock